All right, I'm on a roll. I'm just at 7.15 in the morning on Tuesday, October 22nd. And we're down walking the bud. And um, what do we got for temperature? Wow, 57 degrees, <laughs> 57. I'm in shorts, short sleeve shirts, a little bit chilly, but uh, 32% humidity. 32%, 57, 32, what do we got? What do we got? 57, 32, 57. 32, we got a dew point of 28 degrees, dew point, <laughs> there we go folks, and I still haven't gotten ear pods for this, but uh, yeah, I did the triggered, and then triggered part deux, little deux, part two, it's kind of, I don't know, I guess I get a kick out of the deux, because it's almost like duh, <laughs> triggered, Part two, but this is not going to be triggered. Part three, because I got to I got to wait uh, until I actually get the video. Because the the confusion is, did my wife not see the beginning of the message? And um, I don't think she did. So I got to wait till it's posted. It might be up today sometime. But what else is going on? I got a job interview dinner tonight. Uh, really fascinating situation. So for I know the one listener I have is an entrepreneur and has her own business, so she doesn't really she doesn't really do job search. It's like she's an entrepreneur, so she doesn't need to do a job search. So, um, yeah, and then in job search because I do that kind of thing. Um, there's some concepts called the business of one, which is basically, yeah, we're going to go work for somebody, but we're still a business of one that, um, especially as times have changed. I talked to my brother who's, he's a whopping 68 years old, (laughs) such an old timer, but like we grew up in the era of like, I'll get a job at this company work at this company for 30 years and um, so that we we were kind of in that later stages of that and there's still people who have survived in that mode that have like stayed with one company for a long long time and then there's others i guess i'm an early adopter to the millennium style of working which is work a couple years here work a couple years there it's a little it's a it's a it's interesting right so um, you need to be like really, if you want to do kind of cool stuff like go to the moon, you got to kind of have to work at Blue Origin and get on the Blue Origin is is uh, Earth, by the way. So and then Blue Moon. I mean, I, that to me, I I just I don't know. I'm really curious on how the marketing discussion went on that because Blue Moon, it's basically a beer, a wheat beer. It's actually a pretty nice white wheat beer. So naming this big, amazing, aspirational objective to colonize the moon and at least get to the moon in 2024, so we're talking four years from now, to actually name it Blue Moon? Oh, Jeff Bezos. Dude, I know you're like one of the wealthiest men on the planet, but if you just talk to me about it, (laughs) we, we... I think we'd have to brainstorm some other names because I just, Blue Moon, 
I just, mm. I know you're going with it. You're committed to it. You're going to go with it. Blue moon. But, uh, yeah, I think I would have brainstormed some different things. So if any of you know Jeff Bezos, you can forward this podcast to Jeff. I'm sure he'd be interested in listening to all 100 episodes of Buddy's Owner Arizona Schnoodle Walks. He should be because, you know, it's very insightful into the human condition. <laughs> isn't, isn't that a great expression? The human condition. Yes, you're listening to the human condition. You are living your own human condition. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really getting into the, um, the uh, build a story brand concept. So you're listening to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Just remember, you are the hero, right? Doesn't that, doesn't that feel good? You're the hero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I must have a sarcastic laughter. I don't know. But it's true, really. I mean, I, I'm like, I was, with all, what do they call that? With all, what is it the word I'm looking for? With all, no, it can't be with all, oh, with all joking aside, I guess it is. Not all serious. <laughs> with all seriousness aside. <laughs> no, with all joking aside. Yes, you are the hero. You have decided to invest 60 seconds, two minutes, three. Hey, morning. Into, uh, into this podcast to benefit your life. So how, how can this benefit your life? It's a reminder. Today it's a reminder that you are the hero. And I'm just one of many guides. You should have lots of guides in your life. Lots of mentors, guides, mentors, guides. Mentor has this connotation in my head of like, you know, this dude like a Warren Buffett. I would just love it if Warren Buffett were my mentor. Or even we, we mentioned Jeff Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. I wish he'd be my mentor. I, he's kind of gone down in mentor material for me just because of the blue moon thing. And we can have fun like trying to brainstorm what a better, better program name than blue moon would be. So, be, you know, and, and it starts falling apart already as I analyze it because the earth is blue. So blue origin, right? So the moon is gray. So they could have called it gray origin or white or, well, no, white wouldn't be a good one. <laughs> oh, do I need to say why white would not be a good one? But we know white's really got a bad, bad, it's one of the most important colors, white. It's really, <laughs> white has, a politically incorrect color now. So anyways, there you go. And uh, so, yeah, gray origin or um, since, since Earth, the blue origin is cool. Like that's where we are and we always want to be. This is a great planet. You know, we, we determine, we d- we've decided because we're so brilliant that this is <laughs> the best planet. But it is pretty good, right? Right? So let's go to the moon. So now the moon is like the stepping stone point to go to space and do exploration. So the blue origin, so the next location, the moon, doesn't have to be an origin, right? It could be the secondary somehow thing. So you get the origin, 
and we're just brainstorming this together here now. Um, the moon is the stepping stone, the uh, next spot. Um, how would we how would we wrap that together? Because you, you want to tie it to like what the actual um, point or theme of this moon uh, colonization thing is, which is is like the next step from the origin. So you've got origin, the Earth, blue origin. You get the moon, where we're going to colonize and do all this great scientific stuff. It's almost like blue lab. I mean, it might, might, that might sound like cooler, sort of like blue moon. It's like blue lab. The laboratory, it's the laboratory. It's where we're going to do all this cool science stuff and experiments. So blue lab, I kind of like that. What do you, what do you instead of blue moon it's the blue lab project the blue laboratory it's of course again it, the moon's not blue so i mean i mean technically there's something called a blue moon but the actual light frequency reflected off of the moon is not really blue it may at some point in some conditions have a blue hue to it but the essential colors I like the gray so like gray lab gray lab that sounds good gray lab project blue origin to the gray lab all right so we solved Jeff Bezos's marketing problem right did you like that heroes you guys are all heroes I'm just the guide but uh, yeah so if any of you know Jeff Bezos personally you may want to pass that on to him because that's what I do. I solve big problems. <laughs> it's not really a problem, though, is it? It's just a name. You just got to name it. Name it. So Rob Bell did a podcast called The Hymn for the Curve. I don't know if I talked about that or not, but it just came to my mind. So The Hymn for the Curve is Rob really loves the bell curve. Which, yeah, I did mention that because he, he didn't, like, go into the the bell curve just named after Rob, Rob Bell. <laughs> I think the origin is actually Gauss, right, back in my 10 Deutschmark thing. You can Google uh, Zane. That's a Z. Z-E-H-N. Deutschmark. D-E-U-T-S-C-H. Deutschmark. And there should be, like, a nice purple little banknote they call it and if you zoom in on it you'll see the gaussian distribution curve and a very flattering artistic rendering of um gauss and what's gauss's first name again i can't remember it's not wolfgang gauss dietrich gauss i don't know we'll we'll look it up i don't have my wallet with me but the bell curve and the very first um, commentary from this podcast, Him for the Curve, talks about people that are disruptors, I guess. That's a little bit of Steve Jobs type thing. And um, he's like, it's lonely if you have an idea. So like my, my messaging about the, um, the Holy Spirit, 
I'm an outlier. I'm like, nobody's really talking about it because it's, it's complex. How do you describe it? So they kind of ignore it just because people can't explain it. And I, I'm, not, I'm not claiming that I can explain it exactly, but I think it's important to, to give it more attention, to give it, no, give it, not it, give the actual Holy Spirit as a person, which is hard to describe, more attention. So I'm, I'm way out an outlier. Nobody's, very few people think about that this is an important thing. And, but I do, so that's my thing. It's my calling. <laughs> so it's kind of a wacky, oh, I'm a wacky medium. You know, Rob Bell talks about, you're the medium for a message. You know, whatever your message is, that's marinating something to say. I've got something to say, man. And you do too, right? So you, as a hero, all heroes have a story to tell. The hero's journey. So, and, and I think there's also, I'm seeing like micro hero journeys. It's like every day there's a little bit of hero, hero journey, like getting your kids to school. Like the one listener who's got a complicated life trying to run a business, but it's got four kids. Every day she has heroic moments. We just don't, we just don't acknowledge them as heroic moments because we, we think they're so trivial. Like, oh, my, my son had to go to the dentist or something. We got a car accident, you know, and, um, you know, you had to overcome that. You know, maybe who was the guide for the car, you know, called the insurance company and the insurance company on the phone told me what to do. And then I got an Uber came and we got to the doctor's appointment on time. Totally made this up, right? I'm just totally riffing on this thing right now. Yeah, this riff, the new, another word that's coming out. We're just going to riff on this, man. So, but that's a hero's journey. So it's like every day we have a hero's journey. Like I got to get Bud walked and then I got to get home. And then I want to get the RAV4 Toyota into discount tire, get the tires rotated. And probably the closer I get to eight o'clock this morning is the quicker I'll get out. And, uh, so that's my one of my heroic moves today. What other? So the other heroic moves I have are um, kind of got to get myself cleaned up this afternoon and um, get the car washed, go meet my potential new boss, right? Because I'm going to interview for a job, and I'm going to before I interview. It's kind of fun is actually arrange for some new business for this company I don't work for yet. So that's kind of clever, right? You know, it's not like I'm bringing, bringing a book of business. That's what they do a lot in some, some companies. It's like, well, I got a book of business, which means you've got, whoa, that's a big dog. Whoa. Oh. Morning. The big dogs are out. The big dogs are out. Morning. So, um, some kids going to school. They look so enthused. <laughs> Not. <laughs> High schoolers kind of walk into the bus with that look on their face like, oh, another day. It's another, another Tuesday. 
Monday was bad enough. Is Tuesday going to get any better? Uh, Jeez, I'm reading into the body language, man. I'm reading their minds. Not a good idea. Anyway, so where were we? Dang, where were we? Um, Yeah, heroic. So I'm going to do this um, meeting first. I set up this meeting because this company's interested in contract manufacturing. So I don't have a book of business, right? But I do have this opportunity. So it's kind of like having a book of business. But that's the nature of this type of business is uh, meeting, networking, solving problems. This company has a problem and they're the hero and we're just the guide. We're going to help them out. I love the framework. And then after that, we'll go have dinner. And he's checking out whether he should hire me. He knows me from a we both were let go from this previous company. He was just one level higher. So that's an interesting dude. Good dude. I got um, people I worked with at the company that he knows. So he's got good recommendations or insights from others. So there you go. We'll see how the dinner goes tonight. I might have a job offer tomorrow. Who knows? And that's good. And I got to still do the side hustle. So the thing right now is I'm learning that, okay, get this job, get some security, get some grow, you know, some established um, so I can pay the bills. And uh, that's that. Then I can side hustle the other stuff I want to do, my calling, my calling, the Holy Spirit calling. And part of this job is like, well, I don't know if it's going to work out or not. I'm just going to walk in the Spirit. If it, if it opens up, it opens up. So it's taken me a long time to just realize on job searching things. I don't think anyone really has it figured out. People love this resume thing. It's like all about the resume. There's so many people writing resume, write a resume, right? And there's probably, some, you know, everybody has an opinion on it. But I kind of like the, this, this person that said, wait a minute, the resume basically like looks backward on stuff you've done. But so like, what if you don't want to do the stuff you've been doing? You know, so it works fine if you do that. And then, of course, some people said, well, you got to write it for the job you're applying for. Well, whatever. It's people. A piece of paper gets you a conversation. Hopefully that's it. Just gets you a conversation. So, Bud, what are we going to do here? We're at the wall, the sound barrier wall. Looks like they painted it brown. So, in a few months, we're going to have traffic on this thing. I think I hear a a truck. They must have paved it. And I keep telling myself one of these weekends I'm going to get up early and ride my bike on the new freeway because I can. And in a few months, I won't be able to do that ever again. So I might, I'll probably get up there on my mountain bike and ride the new freeway. Yeah, I can hear a truck on the other side of the, the wall. But anyways, there you go. We'll see how this works out when they get some real traffic on the, on the road. So far, it doesn't sound too bad, but there's no quote-unquote real traffic out there. So, bud, we're heading home. It's a short walk. Get the RAV4 in. I'll be a hero. Get the tires rotated. See, the little things are here. We're getting, we got heroic things all day long. At least probably five challenges you're going to overcome today. So pat yourself on the back. 
you know? Say, hey, I was the hero today. I did that. I got the kids to school. I got the kids to the doctor. I got dinner made. I did this. I did that. You overcame all this stuff. So you're the hero. You are a hero. And you get the hero challenges change all the time. And uh, yeah, so I'm a little heavy into this framework of the hero's journey. And the back to the bell curve is the early adopters and Rob Bell goes on to um, see it as that moving curve. Like, you know, over time, more and more people start adopting it. Like when Steve, for example, like a product introduction, Steve Jobs is famous for saying like, well, people don't know what they want until you show it to them, right? So when the first iPhones came out, there was early adopters. People were like, yeah, this is great. I love this. I love this thing, man. This is great. And then, then more people, there's, there's different characterizations that Rob Bell refers to from a 1960s article about innovation, which is interesting. You know, it's a framework. So there's, I, don't, I forget all the groupings. It's like early adopters, pioneers, early adopters, the first majority, the late majority, the laggards. That, you know, so you look down the bell curve, like the far right of the curve is the early adopters, and then the early majority, then the late majority is probably like right in the middle of the bell curve, and then way off to the left are the laggards. Those are the people that are like getting their first iPhones now in 2019. They're getting their first iPhones and they're like, whoa, hey, whoa, this is cool, this is great. And the early adopters are like, have had them for 10 years and they're like, yeah, no kidding, it's cool, yeah, right. You can get your, you can get your email while you're having breakfast at Snooze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really great. It is good. It is good. And what else you can do? You can do all kinds of things with these smartphones. So thanks, Steve Jobs, for showing it to us. Because I didn't know I wanted this thing. So now I know. Because he showed it to me. Let's go, bud. Come on, bud. And... Uh, for what else for me I like the bell curve for a little different framework and that is the gifting so if you are a organized person let's say like you're like super organized you're able to like keep your desk clean and you're able to have all your electronic things in order and when February, January comes along and you want to do your taxes, you've got it all organized and you're just like, okay, here's all my expenses for the year. So you're an outlier. Say that I would say on the bell curve. Like if you said, okay, this is the distribution of how well people are organized. And the really highly super organized people in that area, they're way off to the right of the curve. They're outliers out there. So that's your gift. They're good at it. The problem is, like, they, from their point of view, they're like, how come everybody isn't out here? And I go, well, that's just not the way it is. That's, there's 7 billion people on the planet. So we can't all be, it's not good if we're all, like, super experts. Then we'd be, like, robotics. If, and then people who are happen to be that way are going to be, like, 
are you insulting me because I'm robotic? Are you just saying I'm robotic? No, I'm just saying you're gifted that way. And uh, I'm on the other side of the curve at the very bottom. I could care less about a lot of this stuff. <laughs> so I'm a terrible person because I am an outlier on the, on the negative side. I have to like scramble together. I hate doing taxes. I got to go like, oh, next year I'm going to be organized. No, that's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I just lived through that pain of lack of organization. So it would be better as if I had someone that could help me organize it. Because that's not my skill. So, so I got to live in my ideation, strategizing, inclusive zone of my strengths and skills. And I do want to include people. I think I've mentioned that before. It's kind of an interesting strength inclusion and that's why i shout out to all the listeners all the listeners all the one or two listeners i have and i'm trying to include you in the hero's journey because it's your own hero you are the hero of your own journey oh and you said that already mike yeah you got it you got it i said that already. well i'm still walking my dog and i gotta keep talking so i'm back on it again and we don't i don't care about editing this thing because it's just pure wisdom and knowledge and experience that benefits you and your life so much that you're listening. It's great. It's good for you. You're the hero. You're getting so much value from this, right? So I just have to keep walking the bud and keep talking. And you're going to get it. It's great. It's so great for you. <laughs> you never get where else can you go to a podcast and get such pure, unadulterated wisdom and knowledge, right? It's right here. Just from walking your dog. So it's this, what is this? Are we getting clarity on the message here? The clarity is we're all heroes. We have heroic efforts every day that we should celebrate our overcoming every day. I think that's kind of an interesting little tidbit that if I'm kind to someone and I need to be more on the kindness curve so if we do if we do the Gaussian distribution of kindness I'm probably below average like now some of these things are perspective too right they're like external observations we look at the externals of people and we don't necessarily really get a true picture, but we, we, we're really good at making judgments, you know? And, uh, but do we look deeper? So for example, my wife this morning talked about in the classroom, some kid was like using his marker and pointing it at like a gun, like shooting and poking people, like a stabbing them or using a sword. And, um, you know, I'm like, and so, of course, the teacher's got to say, well, we don't, you know, we're not going to do that. We don't do that. And I'm thinking like, well, okay, let's see what's going on. I'm thinking to myself, well, there's probably a reason why the kid does that. You know, he probably, maybe his dad does it to him or his older brother. So he's used to like everybody like poking him, taking a stick, doing this at home. So he brings it into the classroom, right? Of course, we shouldn't do that. But what I'm saying is like our first instinct is to look at the external situation the immediate situation and say, no, you can't, don't do that, you know. But it wouldn't take that much to say, hey, I'm, you know, you may, 
you may do that at home, but we don't do that at school, you know, or something. Just instead of just like laying down a law, show a little bit of compassion for the kid. And I'm not saying that the teachers aren't compassionate towards them to tell them to knock it off. It's just how you do it. How do you tell the kid not to poke someone? So why did I get on that again? Because of all the kindness curve, right? So obviously, if you look at a kid who's poking people and stabbing them or pretending like he's got a big sword or something, and the new Star Wars movies are coming out, so everybody's like hyped up on Star Wars now. And uh, I am too because of the build a story brand. Yeah, yeah, because Luke and who's going to be the guide in this movie? So we're going to watch the movie. Um, someone's going to be a hero. they got a challenge to overcome. There's going to be a guide somewhere. It might be the Force or Yoda or... There's Luke's speaking from the spiritual world or something. There's some guidance, right? And we're all just going to be captivated for two hours. And in the last 15 minutes, it's going to, un- it's going to like resolve itself. The dilemma, the challenge for all you fiction writers who are now listening to the podcast. Yes, all you fiction writers. Yes, we love you. <laughs> but that's because we love everyone always. Fiction writers... Non-fiction writers, fiction readers, non-fiction readers, fiction non-readers, non-fiction non-readers. That kind of covers everybody, right? We love everyone. (laughs) We love everyone always on this podcast. This is the podcast where it's, it's all about the things that we think but do not podcast. That's what part of this podcast is. And like, am I trying to one-up people that are sarcastic humor? Like, maybe I'm just like trying to one-up everybody. I'm just like, I'm trying to one-up. Like, some people love sarcastic humor. So I'm just like trying to one-up them. But it's not true because I don't know anybody like this. (laughs) This is the authentic podcast, too. Right, bud? We're just walking the dog with our thoughts and with our blabbering. And maybe you can sing in the Nigel Lambert's chorus, which is, I never heard so much bullshit in all my life. But it's not bullshit, is it, folks? I mean, yeah, it depends on you. You're making the judgment. It's up to you. I'm telling you, it's just real life walking the dog this is real life and prepared messages where you spend hours preparing a message it's a good idea right it's a good idea to prepare a message and get clarity on it because as the book says talks about the brain is looking for it wants to conserve energy so if i'm confusing you i'm sorry it's, uh, it's not that hard to understand. <laughs> it's just real life. It's not that hard to understand. So don't try to figure like, what is this guy selling? What what is he trying to? Is he selling something? What? what why am I? Why am I listening to this podcast? It's because you're the hero. You're the hero, folks. As I look at a skeleton coming out of the ground for Halloween, Bud's kind of like, what's that skeleton doing over there? That's kind of cute looking Halloween decoration. But we got to get going, bud. Come on.
So, um, bell curve, early adopters. The part of that message from Rob Bell was about the very beginning of his podcast got my interest because it's he's talking about people that think we can do things better, right? So that's I mean that's kind of what this podcast is about too. Is like this is like the ultimate podcast right here because it's just it just is. This is doing I am doing podcasts better than than the selling hyped podcasts, right? I'm not selling anything. I'm not selling anything. So but I'm just sharing I'm I'm uh, I just know that we get so many messages every day about how to do things better. But it, but there's a hook. It's just a hook because they want to sell you a program or sell you coaching or sell you something, which I may end up doing myself too. So I'm not like knocking it. Well, I'm sort of, I'm sort of knocking it because there's so many of these things. If you look, so many people want to guide you, coach you, help you. But this is a podcast where you just chill. I'm so, so I want you to lower. Don't don't try to don't make it complicated. Don't don't let your brain relax. Relax that brain with some dulcet tones, right? That's the dulcet tones help your brain relax. It's all this is all a it's all a big scheme. I'm just sucking you in with dulcet tone so your brain relaxes and so I can subliminally send you messages to just you know empty your wallets and send your money to me anyways I'm gonna that's that's really getting sarcastic there but um yeah this is, is this verbal tweeting is this like this podcast thing like verbal tweeting that, you know, you get to hold me accountable to anything I said on October 22nd, 2019. I said that on October 22nd, 2019. So in 30 minutes from now, when I'm like driving my car to the discount tire, I have moved on. I will have moved on from walking the bud and sharing my thoughts. And the thing about the Twitter crucifixions that go on in, in the public sphere is that they're dumb. So some guy tweeted something eight years ago. Think about it. The dude tweeted something eight years ago, and he probably put about 30 seconds of thought into his tweet. But let's just assume that sick that what he tweeted in 30 seconds eight years ago that like three people observed is the sum total of his existence. <laughs> That's how absurd, absurd these things are. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, hey, people make a judgment. I don't know if you, you probably haven't even made it this, if, if you can't stand my style or something, you, you probably, you, I'm sure you turn this thing off like within two minutes. But if you're being entertained, because part you're you're on your own hero's journey, and sometimes you need to like chill and just like 
I think this this guy gets life. <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty bold proclamation. But I get my own life, and it's kind of screwed up. But it's probably kind of screwed up like your own life, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of screwed up like everybody's life is. So hopefully you made it this far. we got about three or four minutes left. And uh, I haven't done my journaling, so I'm going to go do my journaling and read... Uh, I'm in Ephesians. Ephesians is kind of fun. Because Paul, Paul spent a lot of time there. And uh, it turns out the scholars have determined that when Paul wrote to Timothy, his understudy, so to speak, and gave all his wondrous God-inspired inerrant words about how to shepherd the flock and put in elders of, and get elders of godly men in Ephesus, right? So what Bible scholars don't do because they're so into the trees and not the forest, they don't sit back and go, oh, that's interesting. I bet you Timothy did exactly what Paul recommended. I bet you, I bet you Timothy did it exactly as Paul said in his letter. And he got these wonderfully godly men in Ephesus to lead the church in Ephesus. And yet, 15 to 20 years later, we have John, the beloved disciple in the book of Revelations, who says that the church in Ephesus is effed up. So does anyone ask the question like, hey, what happened to Paul's recommendation to Timothy to put in place all these godly men and deacons and elders? And of course they had to be the man of one wife and all this stuff. And yeah, and they couldn't be transgender or anything. Of course not, right? But um, so does anyone ask the question like, so why did the church at Ephesus fall apart? Was it because Timothy didn't listen to Paul? Or could it be what I think it is? Is that the Holy Spirit wasn't working? Decided that, no. Uh, I don't care how many godly men you appoint to be leading the church in Ephesus. I just don't care. The Holy Spirit's in charge. That's where the power comes from. So the church fell apart because you just can't organize and put men and women in positions of authority and organization and think that's, quote-unquote, the answer. Because we have the book of Revelations where the Ephesus fell apart. They're crap. And if you go there now, it's just a bunch of ruins. So, like, you know, the way these current-day seminarians who worship the Bible as if it's like like the instructions for all time, for all universe. They just don't engage their brain. They don't want to look at that. That's a question they don't want to answer. Now, probably one dude somewhere answered it if you Google it. But I don't want to Google it right now. 
I'm, you answer that. You ask the question. Use the ask method, you know, ask questions. So why did the church in Ephesus fall apart if they got these awesome instructions from Paul to put in elders and deacons and set up this New Testament church? It's so wonderful. You know, this is the model of the church people. Just do exactly like Paul said to Timothy. And, and it'll just thrive. So really, to keep our framework working, we don't know for sure, but obviously Timothy must not have selected the properly godly men. So that's where you get your Dilbert question coming. What's more likely? Well, the most likely thing is that Timothy did work on putting the most godly men in charge and elders and deacons. And the most likely thing is it didn't matter. And why didn't it matter? Because the Holy Spirit had other plans. Just like he always has other plans. He has other plans for you today. And as I'm about to jump into a car and drive and get my tires rotated from my wife's car, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I'm just going to walk in the spirit and be kind, work on improving my kindness, which I didn't touch on. I am not an outlier in kindness. And I might be below average, but I'm going to work towards getting to average just improve every day. Lighten up, people. You're the hero. Make steps. Walk. When it says walk in the Spirit, it just means walk in the Spirit. So as you walk to the laundry room and do laundry, or you walk to the car, the garage, and get in your car, or you walk to your office and sit down in front of the computer for, the, for like three hours for the last six years on the Internet, building a business... You're walking in the Spirit. And we don't know what's going to happen because God is working. God is working through all these wonderful people and it's not about me, right? I'm just the guide. (laughs) Actually, I'm just pointing to the guide. The guide is the Holy Spirit. All right, we're back home. Bud's back. He's excited. And you have a peaceful grace-filled day, all right, with plenty of mercy. All right, bye, folks.